about it all night. <laughs> Alright, Jack, talk about cum. Alright, so uh, cum comes out of the penis. <laughs> Pee is stored in the bowels. How bowel. does it come out of the penis? How fast? Very fast. Cum is stored in the... Sorry, pee is stored in the balls. <laughs> You've never seen South Park? They're, they're the ones who about? originally came up with peas in the balls. Yeah, I know. I told you I've seen South Park. I feel like you haven't. <laughs> we talked about it earlier tonight! God, Jack, don't Jack. Yeah, like, yeah, like, like, <laughs> oh, like one season. What the fuck? I'm not even supposed to be here. I hope I don't jack off. I hope I don't. Jack off. <laughs> I said I hope I don't jack off. If you couldn't already tell, we're in the cum zone right now. Yeah, yep. And this is episode, I don't know what the fuck, but this is episode four, four of Lizard King. And, well, this is Lizard Talk, and I'm Lizard King, and fuck you, first of all, and foremost. But I'm uh, I'm talking to you from about thirty five thousand feet, and we're at cruising altitude, and they've handed out the snacks, and I'm ready to uh, <clears throat> shall Tell we me? say shall yeah shall we say uh, entice the uh, the rest of the uh, <clears throat> crew that is at that same altitude, ready to harass them and <clears throat> become part of the uh, thirty five thousand mile high club. Yeah. 30, 000, 35, miles. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of miles. <clears throat> That's pretty fucking high. That's a lot of damage. <clears throat> That's the uh, maximum possible cruising altitude for humans to maintain. For cum to shoot? <laughs> <laughs> Not entirely, entirely sure. But who knows? It is. Everybody that's listening, just write Oshkosh, Wisconsin off the map. <laughs> never visit it. <clears throat> never think about it. Just take it off the just map. Just come. There is no sign of just intelligent come. life. <laughs> There's just come. strange things. It is a us. nuclear wasteland. The Fox Valley area does not exist. Well, for all my repeat listeners... I know I said in the last podcast I'd be talking about James Bond, which, honestly, we could just touch base on. I might make another one that's a little bit more in-depth, but we can touch base on James Bond before we get into our mega topic of today, which is the history and or prog- <laughs> the history and or progression of what is modern-day rap, and we'll touch base on a few things, but, but first, as long as we have... My man Quinn, and we have my man Jack here for now. Let's talk about James Bond. So, in your opinion, in the cum zone, who is the best actor that has played James Bond? We'll start with you, Quinn. What do you think? I'm not that big in the cinema. That's okay. Well, you you know James Bond, though. Like, what? You know, you got Sean Connery, obviously. I know, I know Daniel Craig. And based mm-hmm. on what you said, I know, I know Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. That's about it. What about you, Jack? Are you in the Bond at all? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Quinn. Daniel Craig played a good-ass James Bond. No, no, he did. I, I will say he did. He did. He was a, he was the playboy fucking going to kill you and then fuck your bitch. Right. Straight up James Bond. And that's really what the role of James Bond entails is just that suave, cool, that man you need under pressure that is ultimately, you know, the man... The man. Like he can be getting gunned down by fucking 10 plus people and right. just not give a shit. He's got he's just, just he's, settle down and fucking take you out and fuck your bitch. He's got the swagger and the <clears throat> the experience to back up his, his actions and he he just he's the man. He's the typical protagonist. You're not gonna be beaten by some right. scrubs that are shooting some MP5s at you. Yep. And James Bond really forms out of uh, certain roles that were formed within MI6, which formed around the same time as the OSS within the United States back in World War II. And MI6 was basically a a CIA, or basically a, a a spy government within the... British intelligence this agency. Yes. Was it the SAS? MI6, yes. SAS, the Training? Special Air Service, that was a, a special branch, kind of like the Navy SEALs or Army so Rangers. So it branched off from... Right. MI6 is like the CIA of the UK. 
And that's where these novels formed. It's kind of like the OSS, like early days of MI6. There's a guy named Ian Fleming, I believe, that wrote the novels, or the books were originally the James Bond series. And that's sort of where it started. It started with, uh... <laughs> Welcome to the party, Devin. Uh, George Lazenby, I believe his name was. He was the original James Bond back in 1962. Then obviously we see Sean Connery, you know, your typical Scottish, you know, the man you think of when you think of James Bond, the the OG James Bond, Sean Connery. He's got that, he's got that swagger, he's got that manliness to him. <laughs> you know Sean Connery, man, god damn it. Highlander, he's in some other shit, The, the Rock. Dwayne the Cock Johnson. God damn it, man. But... <laughs> You got Sean Connery, and the next James Bond, obviously, you got Roger Moore. Roger Moore didn't do a whole lot of other movies. I believe his first James Bond movie was Live and Let Die in 1975. And, not gonna lie, he was not a bad James Bond. You know, he did his thing, and, you know, he made the role his own. Then, in, I believe, starting, because James... Roger Moore did it through about, like, the late 80s. Moonraker was, I think, his last. Maybe Octopussy. And then... James Bondage? <laughs> <laughs> then you had Pierce Bronson. Or Pro- Bronson. I don't know how the fuck you say his name. You know Pierce Bronson, right? Fuck no. God damn. Uh, have you seen Mrs. Delphire? Yeah. The stepdad in that. Okay. Not Robin stepdad? Williams, but the no. love interest. Pierce Bronson did an okay job, but he's nowhere near on the level of Sean Connery. Then after that, you had a stint with Timothy... Oh, actually, even prior to that, you had a stint... Wow. A, a stint with Timothy Dalton in 87 and 88, which were <clears throat> mediocre, to say the least. That's why nobody remembers it. But Timothy, or, uh, Pierce Bronson in the late 90s or into the early 2000s. Then, 2006, I believe, you get Daniel Craig playing James Bond for the first time in Casino Royale. And Daniel Craig does a good job. He's got that typical... I guess it's not really typical, but it's the... The laid-back. Yeah. I'm gonna kill you and then fuck your bitch, my dad. Right. <laughs> and he just plays a cool protagonist because he, A, doesn't talk much, but he's got that still he- like hero look to him and feel to him in his actions and... A uh, few words that he says in like the opening half of the movie, but he's got that stern attitude attitude to him that makes him uh, an excellent protagonist. But Daniel Craig, he plays that tough guy, and I think that fits well with the role of James Bond. But I think plus he's got plus he's got the British aspect aspect where right. it's like you know James Bond originally is a, a British super spy who's correct. Like, Come in and mess you up. Yeah. And Dan Craig carries up carries on that legacy. Indeed he does. Yeah. But if I had to rate it, I definitely think Sean Connery is probably the all-time James Bond, just because obvious reasons. He's just the he fits the Billy Kirk checks off all the boxes and he's played it, I believe, the most times. But Daniel Craig's a hard hard second for me, and then probably Roger Moore, then Pierce Bronson and Timothy Dalton. Fuck that dude. But, but yeah. James Bond's a good ass movie series. The new one's coming out. It got postponed, obviously, because of COVID, but also because uh, Daniel Craig, while shooting, he severed a fucking finger. That man does a lot of his own stunts. He got hurt, actually, on the set of Quantum of Solace. But in this, even in this new one, he, he severed a fucking finger and then just set back shooting, like, I want to say, like, four to six weeks. I mean, honestly, that's respectable. You look at Jackie Chan yeah. doing his own stunts, like, that's respectable. You want to go out and you want to swing from some crazy-ass ropes over some vines. giant-ass... Right? What? Yeah. Let go and fall. Say something, some... Quinn. <laughs> giant-ass what? <laughs> I was going to say crevice, but... Oh! He did some cool-ass shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. If you're an actor and oh, you yeah. do your own stunts, that's that's just that's above and beyond. I mean, yeah, you, can, you can be some player. you can be some Tom Cruise who's gonna. Alright, maybe I don't know. Enough talk about Tom Scientology, Cruise, but... man. 
What I mean, if you're gonna do your own stunts, you're gonna, you know, have a scene where your character is supposed to flip off some three-story balcony in a mall, and your Jackie Chan, you're like, yeah, no, fuck that, I'm doing it myself. Like, oh yeah, you're you're a ball. Oh yeah, like, cool oh, it, yeah. man. Yeah, I see that'll do. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> find somebody that can do what Bruce Lee did in a movie. You yeah. can't you can't recreate a Bruce Lee movie yeah. without Bruce Lee. Exactly. His I think speed, I could kick his, ass. his agility, you're not gonna mimic it. Yeah. Maybe you can do it with CG. I'll do it better. Yeah. Have fun. No big deal. God damn, shut the fuck up. Brando take a look at this. <laughs> Alright. Well Anderson Silva fights tomorrow. Yes, but before getting into that, we're going to finish up the James Bond topic with who your thoughts on the greatest James Bond villain of all time is. Go. Anybody. Well, that's not me. There are a lot of uh, villains you could bring up, like... uh, Evil Knievel. (laughs) (laughs) No. Well, you got Jaws, first of all. Do you remember Happy Gilmore? Happy Gilmore. Do you, remember, do you remember Mr. Larson with the nail in his head? <laughs> yep. Yeah. And I'll see you in the parking lot. That guy. How can yeah. you forget? His actor name is Richard Keel. And he used to play a villain in the James Bond series back in the 70s called Jaws. And in, in, in those movies, his role as a villain, he had... He was like seven feet fucking tall. This man was a beast. And he in the movie, he had metal teeth or metal... That's why they call him Jaws in the series. And he was in at least four to five James Bond movies. What was the era? What you 70s. Know? Roger Moore era. <coughs> what was the movie called? Well, he was in a series of them. Uh, one of them was uh, The Spy Who Loved Me. Moonraker was another one. And I believe there were a couple of other ones in between there. But basically he was in a recurring villain. So, do you think this had influence on the Jaws movies? Not necessarily. It was before. It was before the Jaws. The first Jaws came out in 1975. Heck? I would say the the role of Jaws as a uh, James Bond villain came out uh, post post that after that. So this guy was like some humanoid shark. Uh, in in a sense. Kind of like that Michael Myers, like he just wouldn't die regardless of what you do to him in the movie. I can't say I've ever seen the movie, but... Okay. I mean... Alright. I can see where Jaws would draw from it. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, you've got, you have this guy that... Mm-hmm. His jaws are yeah. extremely strong. You have Jaws, who's a giant-ass shark who's right. gonna eat you. I mean, there's definitely a few notable villains, but, like... He's the one that draws out the most. And he's not even, like, the main villain. He's sort of like a side character that just kind of pops in and makes cameos in each movie. Oh, hell But the... Shout out to Shunai's cameos. Make sure you buy one. GG. Then you got, like, in Casino Royale, where Jan- or Daniel Craig makes his debut, you got Lashif. And he's... You remember Lashif? Uh, Mads Mikkelsen? Guy with the kind of scar over his eye. He's torturing James Bond with uh, the rope, slinging him in the balls. You don't remember that fucking shit? I remember the scene with him getting slinged in the balls. But He's got the... Daniel Craig sitting in... Me. Daniel that Craig is sitting in a chair, a wicker chair with the, the seat cut out. And Lashif is banging his nuts with a fucking like rope with a knot on the end of I'm it. I'm not even supposed to be here. <laughs> He's, and Daniel Craig... That was James, not an uncommon method. The James Bond character has like the audacity to say like... Hey man, I've gotten an itch down there. Like he's begging him to fucking sling him in the balls. He he's got a fucking itch down there, man. Like what the fuck you said to the main villain in the movie? <laughs> he knows it's happening anyway, so he's gonna yeah. fucking. But Lashif does fun. a good one, and then you got uh, Christoph Waltz. Obviously, there's a few villains in between there, but Christoph Waltz and the newest one, Spectre. And then I think uh, Rami Malek, the guy who played. Uh, Fuck, what's his name? Freddie Mercury in the Bohemian Rhapsody movie. Rami Malek is the villain, plays the villain in the new James Bond. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know that. The guy that played Freddie Mercury, he's the new villain in James Bond. And it looks pretty good. 
Daniel Craig, I think it's going to be his last one. But I'm... Yeah. Yeah. And Big time. We'll see. I don't know who it would be next in line to take the spot, but... Uh, I'll do it. Daniel Craig has done an excellent <laughs> job, and... Yeah. I want to, but I'll do it. Yeah, for sure. For the boys. All right. So what do you think about UFC this weekend? Adrian Silva coming back. Adrian? Huh? What the fuck's his name? Anderson? Anderson? Oh, fuck him. Dude, rookie over here. Brazilian fucker. Maybe he takes his last fight. I don't give a fuck what his name is. Brazilian fucking spider. He's going to get his ass kicked in the ring. He's been out for how long? Fucking two, three years. Oh. Probably. So, so you're saying he's a piece of shit. He's got some some fucking... Uh, Anderson? That's probably why I don't know his fucking Adrian. name. Adrian Silva? I'm going to fuck. Fuck that guy. Dude's probably doing blow off hookers' asses and getting fucking injections in his fucking penis. <laughs> yeah, dude, last UFC fight, I bet he takes it. Nah. No Ad- way, man. No Ad- way, man. Anderson dick in the fucking eye Silva is gonna about to get fucking... He looks pretty decent in his, against uh, he's Izzy about, Adesanya. He's about to get his toe fucking just blown off his fucking foot. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I don't know. How old is he? 42? 43? He's got to be around there. Yeah. Yeah. Probably right again. Good, my... UFC, good fighter, though. I bet he takes his okay. last fight. How about this? How about that Khabib fight? I mean, what else do you expect from that? True. Khabib is one of the best fighters of all time. You think Khabib's done? No, I think he has one more. Him and his dad always talked about going 30-0 and 0 before retirement. I think he does one more. Because what, he's after that... He's 29-0 and 0 After now. that Gagey yep. fight, yeah. Um, I think that they, they'll they give him a GSP next. Ooh. And I think that's going to be a huge fight, but I think that Khabib... He'll make GSP look like a piece of shit. I think we sh- I think that... I think it, Khabib is definitely not done. I think there's unfinished business within that weight class. Definitely, definitely. There is definitely a lot of money to be made, and I... I think McGregor could definitely have the potential to shake, shake some shit up again, depending on who he fights next. Because I, I think he could very well... If he... If, McGregor beats Gagey, that opens things back up for a potential Khabib-McGregor rematch, even though the Khabib-McGregor fight was clearly pretty one-sided with Khabib just fucking McGregor up on the ground game. I think if McGregor could stay on his feet, he could take Khabib, but Khabib just takes fights to the ground. He's he's just so aggressive and so good at 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 his wrestling technique that it dominates anybody, as we can see against Gagey. But he's definitely underrated as a striker. He's definitely. an amazing striker. You saw it against Conor McGregor. Yeah. You see it against Gaethje. He stands up and he strikes with these guys, no mm-hmm. problem. He makes them look at like average strikers. For sure. And then he takes them to the ground and he makes it look like they've never been in a fight before. Yeah, definitely. Khabib just—he just from what I've heard and from what I've kind of seen those fighters say, Khabib's just fucking strong. He's used to being in those positions and he. He's just able to physically wrench uh, the opponent to to his will in those fights. And those Russians, they train that wrestling, that that style, and that they drill those motions from yep. the time they're born. He has the stamina to wear anyone out on the ground. And after, after he wears them out, he can do whatever he wants. He can stand with them. He can bring them down. Mm-hmm. But he's going to choke them out because that's what he likes to do. Yep. Well, yeah. That's going on at UFC. Now, I think we're going to transition into a different topic. And this topic is something that I've always wanted to talk about in a lot of depth. Mm, Minecraft. No, not necessarily. Oh my and God. I want to get I want to get a lot of opinions on this, but I want to just kind of talk at it and go through it as best we can from different viewpoints. But... The topic is first going to start with the history of what we know as rap or hip-hop or whatever you would like to call it, but the the rhythm and blues that blends in with the rhymes, and we're going to give a brief history before we delve into various subtopics within the realm of rap. But first, we must really start with where rap started, and I guess... 
to introduce my my friend Dev here. We're gonna start talking about really the first the first party where rap happened, and obviously we see the feud of East Coast West Coast, but where rap really started was was East Coast, was it not, Dev? Yes, sir. So uh, in 1973, we had uh, DJ Cool Herc. He uh, is a DJ. And he performs at his sister's birthday party at uh, 1520 Sedgwick Avenue in the Bronx, New York. So right there, that's like a stake to claim, like, East Coast, without a doubt, is where rap started. Yeah. Well, and we typically think of, at least I think of rap as... Is West Coast sort of dominating? Because all the rappers I think have come from the West Coast, but really East Coast has a equally, if not more so, a dominant rap display with you know Jay Z, Nas, Biggie, and uh, an assortment of rappers on the East Coast. But really coming from that sort of funk scene and leading into the eventual parties that stemmed a lot of people speaking poetry and rhythm and rhyme over a steady beat. But really where we see a lot of the West Coast and East Coast sort of rap artists flourish and sort of create their new ideas is from funk. And, you know, George Clinton, Bootsy Collins, and a lot of these bands, um, there's a, a... whole array of funk bands heavy in the bass soulful in the lyrics and in their vocalist and steady in their rhythm that stems a new storytelling era that spawns in the late 70s even spawning into the early 80s and then we see like rappers like LL Cool J come to flourish and as well as artists like Run DMC and we get to the 80s hip hop or Sugar Hill Gang in the late 70s as well, donning the, uh, I forget the name of the song. Rapper's Delight. Rapper's Delight. Rapper's you get, you get that, you get that, and that becomes one of the... That's the first rap album yeah. to ever become the top 40 hit on the Billboard 100. Damn. And is and is regarded as one of the first... Rap albums or rap mm-hmm. songs ever recorded. Rappers Delight by Sugar Hill Gang. Check it out if you have not heard it. Oh yeah. If you like rap, this is mm-hmm. this is the genesis of rap. And where do we see rap really go from there? Like in terms of album releases, I know like DMC and then yep. LL Cool J had some. I want to say yeah. So then like so like after after the Sugar Hill Gang, you kind of get like what they call rock rap. Yeah. And that's where you get, like, LL Cool J, the Run DMC, and then, like, the Beastie Boys. Oh, hell yeah. And, like, the Beastie Boys are, like, a prime example of, like, rock rap. Oh, yeah. Just that, like, they got the guitar in the fucking, like, you don't see much rap, mm-hmm. like, with the guitar in there, but, like... It was, like, that specific era. Exactly, like, the 80s. Off. Like, the, yeah. yeah, exactly. You'd like, have the rap, <laughs> the, the, the 80s. As thing. long as it had rock in it, that shit flew back. Exactly. Like, the 80s, yeah. the 80s was all about rock. Oh, and yeah. That influenced not only, like, that influenced rap also. So, like, that's where you have, like, the rock mm-hmm. rap and the Beastie Boys and shit like that. Well, like, even with Run DMC, you had the collaboration with Aerosmith. It, yeah. With, uh, with Walk This Way. Like, that... Not only saved Aerosmith's career because Aerosmith had been in a slump since uh, the early '80s because they never had like a big, they didn't have a big album because I think Joe Perry and then Steven Tyler had some turmoil going on, and eventually they released uh, a permanent vacation that came out in 1987, and on that album was "Walk This Way" along with a couple of other ones. My personal favorite, uh, "Dude Looks Like a Lady," which Steven Tyler actually wrote about meeting. Motley Crue singer Vince Neil in a bar and he was hitting on him thinking he was a lady and then he wrote the song Two Looks Like a Lady <laughs> and he wrote that song but excellent song on that Walk This Way you got that comes out and Run DMC had a remix of, out of it and they eventually I, I think they probably collaborated prior to that happening but then you got that excellent blend of rap and rock that comes together yeah. and the famous music video that was uh you know, 
uh, circulating through MTV at the time was was, was groundbreaking. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> to tie it back to you know rap in general, '90s rap really started to take off and become what became modern rap now. Mm-hmm. You have the West Coast fucking gangster rap starts to take root. And from there, it just spread into what it is now. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But now you got, like, well, like, now you got, like, what they call, like, trap or, like, yeah. drill rap. Like, so, like, the 90s was, like, we can consider that, like, gangster rap. But then, like, before mm-hmm. that, you got, like, Ice-T. Right. And then, like, going back to, like, Run DMC, like, Run DMC is, like, rap. Rap, I don't, like, no matter who you are, like, what you listen to... Like, rap in the rap industry dictates so much fashion and culture. Yeah. And Run DMC was the start. Right. Like, they made a song. I think it was, like, My Adidas or something like that. So, like, this is, like, really when you see, like, music and culture start to, like, blend. And, like, Mm -hmm. the Run DMC Adidas collaboration. Like, that's where you really start to see, like, like, um, I don't know if you guys watch, like, um, full size run on YouTube mm-hmm. or anything, definitely check out Full Size Run if, yeah. run if you're in the full sneakers. Size come. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Jack. Full, what, uh, full size full run. Full size run on if you're into sneakers and stuff like that, like that's definitely the show to watch. Like such a good show. We got Trinidad James as one mm, of the hosts. Fucking quality, quality fucking sneaker news. Every week, fucking I love that show. Oh, but yeah. but at the same time you get to know like which each with, with each guest they have you get to know more about mm-hmm. the sneaker culture, like where it, where it stemmed from like what city mm-hmm. they like, what which city, like went through when when the sneaker boom happened like, yeah like, well what like was the trend or what was like, no no go mm-hmm yeah well I guess if we're gonna talk any further in rap we really have to start at the beginning of the 90s where we see two rappers in particular really take the, sp- take the spotlight in but even before that we gotta talk about you can't forget you got like the early 90s you got right. fucking NWA in that bitch yes sir when they think the first album what came out like officially released was like 88 87 right around there yeah. uh, hell maybe is maybe no way too loud no maybe even before that but you got a group, a, a super group of, of collective minds and writers and Brilliant. lyricists that that are just uh, in their prime in terms of creative process, you know. You got the eventual minds that collaborate of Easy e Dr. Dre, what, MC Ren, yep. uh, Cube, Yellow Yellow. Wolf, and... Am I missing someone? Dr. Dre, Easy E. Uh, I already said those, maybe. Easy motherfucking E. Easy motherfucking E. Easy motherfucking E. But you got you this group me. of dudes, and they're just telling it like it is. They're telling their situation as they see it in front of them in their community, and there's a backlash from the media. There's oh a, yeah, especially what? with fuck the police. Oh right. They oh, fucking they had they would get their show shut down yeah by the police nope, for, nope, if they would nope, perform nope. that song they had that's citations that's from the police like a lot like mm-hmm. prohibiting them from singing that song just based solely right. based on the reaction that it would cause right and like that that song was not it was obviously about the the police but the not necessarily even even more so the the meaning of it was. It was like, their fuck, life. It right. was their life. Like, it they was lived that. Not necessarily fuck the police, but like, fuck, this, the, fuck the system. Like, fuck yeah, the, exactly, the thing, exactly. that, the thing and, that creates and the police. And, I, and that is, like, one of the biggest downfalls, I think. But I think now, in our 2020 culture, I think mm-hmm. we're getting back to it. Yeah. But I think that in trap rap and drill rap, mm-hmm. we've lost this sort of, the message. Yeah. It's all about getting, like, zanned out, fucking right. drugged out, partying and shit. And I, I think that has to do with an overall sense of nihilism that we have as, as a generation. Mm-hmm. Gen Z, Gen X. We, we have a tendency to want to reject God and religion without taking into account the lessons that they have to teach us. Mm-hmm. You know, regardless of what your faith is, even mm-hmm. if you're agnostic, the lessons you can learn from Buddhism, mm-hmm. Hinduism, 
Judaism, Islam, Christianity, every religion is so important. It's so vital. It, the reason our parents wanted to build us on a, a moral foundation like Christianity is because it would make us into better people than we would be without it. When we, when we reject it, when we say, look, religion is bullshit, you know, I, I, I don't believe in some higher being that's going to fucking govern over our lives. It makes sense to a certain extent, but it's not necessarily good for mm -hmm. us to reject every single thing about what it means to be a human. Mm -hmm. We have a place on this earth that is beyond our oh, understanding. Okay. I understand what you're saying, man. What, what, he, what do you, what you just got to do with rap, though? Quinn, you piss me off. I'm going to be honest. We're, 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 no, we're, I, I, we are a lost generation. We, we feel like we do not have a place. We were talking about I, music. No, no, no. I, I understand what you No, it's each... Humanity has a unique one with oneness in its generations. You know, each generation has their struggle. Each generation has their voice. And the, the hip-hop era sort of spoke to a a more a deeper voice of the era and <clears throat> it has a the ability to speak to a more urban and more realistic era rather than what politics might display it's it's sort of uh, a more unfiltered oh. version of what what so you're saying that urban kids are just as smart as white kids right no Fuck. Oh, no, that was Joe Biden, my bad. <laughs> yeah, Jesus fucking Christ, man. But, no, I understand, yeah. what, I understand what Quinn's saying. Like, it, humanity is... I don't know, man. Like, religion is just our way of fathoming how things are and... No doubt. What... what to the, it's, just, it's just it's to explain the unknown. Yes, we do not and that know. that is the greatest fear of mankind. You know, well, forget know. forget exactly. monsters. Forget you know forget uh, monsters Inc. Yeah, how for, could I forget monsters Inc. Forget monsters. I love that movie. <laughs> forget monsters. Forget tomorrow. Forget you know the things that happen in your life. The most the thing that humanity humans fear the most is the unknown. It's the scariest because we don't know what's going to happen. and that That's what helps explain our nihilism mm -hmm. in, in the current era. Is You look at religion from a historical aspect. You've had African religions, mm -hmm. European religions, the Greeks and Romans who... They used Zeus. They used whatever god they used to explain mm -hmm. natural phenomena. As that, that's what reality was is you know Zeus represented thunder he was when a lightning storm happened it was Zeus bringing wrath upon you if you wanted to please the gods of this era you needed to sacrifice whoever it is we've come to a certain point where we don't accept that as truth we, we reject it and we say look these understandings are just bullshit we need to come to us to an understanding where the psychological aspect of being a human being mm -hmm. and experiencing the things we experience regardless of era mm -hmm. tie into who we are as a person. We, we separate ourselves by the dumbest of standards like color of skin or height or whatever it is. And it's all just superficial. It doesn't mean anything. So if we all just come together as one per one species, one group of people on this one planet, in this one solar system, in this one galaxy, it'll be easier for all of us. It's definitely tragic to see that something as simple as appearance is still something that is, uh, at least the judgment of appearance is still something that is prevalent in our society today and it, it's so evidently clear based on what we see through media through popular culture and just through our everyday social experiences in general it just seems like more people value the way someone appears to be rather than who they really are 
who they are to society rather than who they are in private. <clears throat> it's something that I've tried to tackle for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's it's the, this idea of what is a quality person versus a quantity person. Mm-hmm. Where do you exist as someone who just fits within the norm and who can function on a daily basis and you know fit their job wherever they do? Or are you a quality person that is going to expand the boundaries of what we mm-hmm. understand well, it just seem, people. It just seems like, like with social media in general, I just have a problem with is that it seems to facilitate a certain way of not only thinking, but uh, appearance and social media just, especially with what we see with po- going on with politics and just in general, just... And now we get, you know, the these big hearings for these big tech companies with censor, censorship and a sort of thought police in, in a sense in that there is a uh, mad dash for control of uh, thought via social media. A mad dash to control what is seen and presented to the, the people who prefer to be spoon-fed the information from a social media platform. This is, this is a unique scenario where policy takes so long to put into mm-hmm. place mm-hmm. that the technological boom that we've experienced where social media has just gone mm-hmm. from 2008 to 2014 yeah. and beyond just beyond anything we imagined from MySpace to Facebook to, yeah. to Twitter to Instagram <laughs> to it's just gone so fast that you know policy takes so long to enact that it can't you right it can't catch up with how far technology is advanced and I think we're seeing that because you got you know Mark Zuckerberg trying to block me <laughs> like that fucking you know Zuck the cuck like <laughs> we got this you know this dude they've created this billion dollar fucking powerhouse of tech you know technology you know Gigantic, the, the, giganticness, the, like the lobbying potential mm-hmm. behind influence, uh, yeah. A, a monopoly like Google or Facebook is just so extreme. You you have so much influence because mm-hmm. you have so much power, so much money. All right. It it's it's so easy to influence politics with that kind of, especially if policy can't keep up with you to, to limit what All you right. can do. Yeah, this, this, to say you know I'm gonna I'm gonna you know silence this voice because who's gonna mm-hmm. stop me? Right, and at that level of business, there is no checks and balances. It's just it has uh, to, it has to catch up. Right, but it takes so goddamn long. It takes so many personal interests to say, "I'm going to vote for this mm-hmm. to put into yeah. place to limit this person." Well, I guess a good segue from this topic. A lot of what rap talks about is the aggression and the disagreement with those in power and the the sort of alternative voice to the norm and to fighting what is perceived to be oppressive and uh, against what they want in the community and rap is really the voice against what is what is called the norm and rap really is the rebellious voice that is the voice of the community and we see that flourish in the 80s and into the late 80s and eventually we get into the 90s and dev what would be the what would be the main artist to segue into the 90s before we get to uh, the obvious discussion between east coast west coast between you know uh, tupac and biggie what would be is there a particular artist that you would like before we get into those two that would bridge the gap between the 80s and the 90s going into Perhaps maybe Wu Tang, I yeah. they I believe yeah. what they released something maybe in the late eighties, and kind of bridging into the nineties. In I I forget the makeup exactly of the Wu Tang. You got the RZA, the Giza, old dirty bastard. Um, I'm trying, and he I believe he just died recently. Yeah, yeah so, something yeah. like that. But. Uh, yeah, there's Ra- a lot of you got yeah. fucking Method Man, Rakeem maybe, Redman, Master Killer, you got fucking Inspector Deck, Ghostface Killer, <laughs> Ghostface Killer, hell yeah, 
Yeah, you got you said Rizzo, Gizzo, yep. Capadonna. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, there's a lot of guys. In there, there was one dude that chopped his dick off for some shit. Holy fuck! Who? Um, do you remember the Dave Chappelle on Netflix? I I was watching. Uh, was it Jer- like sticks and stones or some shit. Something. I was watching Joe Rogan and the Rizzo. I think it was that the Rizzo was on with Don Ro- Donnell Rawlings, and they were talking about because Dave Chappelle and his thing made like a trans joke. He's like, man, I don't know how these trans be cutting their dicks off. They just walk into that shit and they go. Woo Tang Chop <laughs> Chop that shit up. <laughs> but apparently there was a guy that was associated with Wu Tang that uh I I don't think he was he Wu Tang denied like his association, but the guy was in like an elevator shaft and he just basically just cut his dick off in the elevator. Like I don't know how that fuck the shit works. Yeah, so uh, let's see what fucking Google says. Alright. But like, <laughs> so it says a Wu Tang Clan member Andre Johnson chopped off his own penis with a kitchen knife, then threw himself off a balcony. But reveals he still has sex. The Wu Tang Clan affiliate, uh, affiliate, affiliated rapper who rose in notoriety after chopping off his own penis. With a kitchen knife, has revealed he still has sex. Oh my god! Man, cut his own dick off with a kitchen knife and launched himself on fucking. <laughs> what the fuck is and wrong? Still fucks. So Jeez. if you ain't getting laid out there, what the fuck are you doing? Oh my god! Yeah, step up. Did he just? Did he just? Suck? Man fucks with a half a dick. <laughs> He's rich. What? What if he just didn't cut his? <laughs> Maybe he just sucked at cutting his own dick. <laughs> God damn. He just like half cut it off and like healed. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I'm going to go. Jesus Christ. God damn it. Um, Something bad. After that shit, then we get to the the, the prime, yeah. prime hip hop. The Mac, prime. The prime. The East West. Yeah. Way before Mac Miller. Where Mac Miller got his shit from. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Did you say Mac Miller? God damn it, Jack. The prime discussion between East Coast and West Coast. East Coast. East Coast? Why? Mac Miller. Is he East we're Coast? We're not even there yet. Where's we're not he not from? there yet. Uh, Pittsburgh? He ain't Pittsburgh? Even from there. Fuck Pittsburgh, man. That's we're like talking Tupac and Biggie. That's like the Midwest. <laughs> LA and New York. It's East. It's fine. Alright. Well... Does, doesn't Tupac start off in a boy band? Uh, fuck, what's it called? Oh, you're right. Ah, oh, man, that's gonna bug the shit out of me. Not New Kids on the Block, not, uh... Fuck, because, what, he releases Tupac clips now in, like, late 80s, early 90s. Because he was in fucking, uh, Digital Underground. Yeah, that? dude, fucking A. Yeah, because that's when he, oh, fuck. What did, uh... <coughs> he dropped... Was it fucking... Tupacalypse now? Some, yeah, something like that. Was that, that like... I want to say that was like 90, 91. Maybe even fucking 89, man. It was pretty early on. Fuck. I forget the rest of his albums he released. I know he released uh, America's Most Wanted in 1995. My personal favorite. That was uh, posthumously after he died. What he got, I think he got gunned down 94, 95, something like that. But then you got Biggie on the East Coast, you know. Bro, and that that's that whole situation is that, that it's pretty spooky. Be, yeah, it is because Ooh. so like so the whole beef that happened mm-hmm. was okay. So Tupac gets shot. Right. I think was it five times? Something like that. He yeah. shot five times. And as he's walking into a studio, and he was out in he was in New York or something like that, yeah. right? So he got shot five times in New York. Mm-hmm. So then he get he recovers from that, and then Biggie, on his next fucking album, right. drops the song "Who Shot Ya." Yep, I remember that. Tupac takes that as a direct oh, yeah. fucking diss. Yeah, direct fucking diss. And then, personally, my all-time favorite, Tupac bounces back mm-hmm. with fucking my personal favorite diss track ever. Fucking hit him up. <laughs> fucking hell, yeah. 
the best diss track ever. Mm-hmm. Just the opening line, fucking, you're, he comes in. Fuck your bitch. Swing, <laughs> you fat motherfucker. <laughs> like, comes in big dick in it. Oh, man. So that, that's that whole, so the, that beef right there mm-hmm. was, I think, and like, I watched a uh, documentary on Netflix and it like, had, it was an interview or something with Tupac at, or mm-hmm. with Biggie at a, at a state, at a radio station out when he was in LA, like right before he died. And, uh, the radio show host or whatever asked him like, questions about the incident and shit. <laughs> Yeah, and he was like, "Yeah, like, the like B- Biggie came out and said like, yeah, this was a whole misunderstanding, like, like that this was not like it wasn't about him, like it was just, it was just a song, right? So that whole situation, I think like neither of them in the end, neither of them needed to die, like, well, and even can you <clears throat> imagine where we'd be at? Like oh the God. rap game would be so much different if." Either one of them were still alive right now. Those guys were so young and they had produced already so much just golden content and they clearly had more left in the tank, but the leaders behind their their respective like record companies and influence like yeah, Suge Knight, dude is fucking nuts. Suge Knight, yeah, I don't, I don't trust Suge Knight like more than I can throw him. Like, like he was, he him. was in the vehicle the when he was in the vehicle when Tupac got shot, yeah. and I, he might have been. But like, bro, like that's what I'm saying. Like, it's so a like, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky situation though because like, if I, if I'm setting somebody up, like. I'm not, I don't want to be in the car. Like you don't. Right. You, bullets ain't got no fucking names on them. Like right. They, like. I don't want to be in the car if I'm setting this motherfucker up and like they're blasting at this mm-hmm. motherfucker. Like I don't want to be in the car. So like it's like a it's a weird like. Mm-hmm. Does shouldn't I just like say fuck it? Like yep. if I get shot, like at least Pac's dead. Like who, yep. who the fuck knows? Like no kidding. But like it, that's why it's like an eerie situation. Well, and even prior to that, you had the I think it was the MTV Music Awards, maybe something like that. But the West Coast got a lot of awards and. I think Suge Knight said something on stage, but he basically dissed, yeah. dissed the, East yeah. Coast, and oh, yep, exactly. like Diddy yeah. was in the front row, and he's like, "What the fuck you just say?" Like there's instant beef, and yep. like you got you know Diddy and Bad Boy and that whole faction, and then it just adds further wood to the already burning hot fire between East Coast West Coast. Then the Biggie and Tupac murders, and you know what do you get? You get you fucking DMX, like, he, like, <clears throat> I'm doing air quotes, I'm doing air quotes takes over, like, but you got no competition, and that's just, like, DMX. Bro, have you ever seen that fucking, that video of the fucking, him performing, I don't even know where it's at, uh, but it's, like, there's, I think, I don't remember, I think, I, like, it was on Instagram, I saw mm-hmm. it, but, like, just the amount of people that he performed in front yeah. of was fucking ridiculous like as far as you could see it people everywhere every Shit. fucking where i think people like the comments i said like something like 200 250 000 i think people. i've definitely seen that before yeah it's, it's just they're doing rough riders anthem or something yeah, like that. yeah yep 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 fuck yeah it's in bangers for real well and then in the 2000s we see the, well even i think in the late 90s we see the birth of eminem like the other than the Beastie Boys and maybe Vanilla Ice, we see like the birth of like really, like the first like white rapper I would say maybe or like the first. Cause I mean, yeah, cause yeah, you get like the Beastie Boys and then fuck I don't. I Is really, there really any other like no. I have no idea. <laughs> Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, <laughs> if you accounts. Who's fucking? Uh, New Kids on the Block or some shit. Oh, uh, the motherfucker. Daddy Wahlberg. Bro, this motherfucker is so long. He's a white dude. They oh, thought he was black, bro. <laughs> he's like, it's like the, the never gonna give you up, like the Rick Astley. Never gonna give you up. Yeah, bro. Never gonna let you bro, down. I that dude was black. Yeah, like, uh, oh. but like that's like really other than like yeah, I don't really know anyone else. Like, yeah, like you were like famous for. Yeah, and then Eminem just kind of dumb because what uh, after Dr. Dre left NWA, f- formed Aftermath, 
like was that his record company or like the his label? Okay, and then he eventually collaborates with Eminem, and you know we see the lot the Eminem's really a lot of his creative peak in that early years, and I don't know after recovery I really hadn't listened to much of his shit. Like I forget the uh, relapse. We get you know crack a bottle. Must be the ganja. A couple other good ones on there. Deja vu. You know, and even you got shake that and um, without me, Mockingbird. You got a lot of classic Eminem songs. Uh, and, yeah. and Dr. J really just lets him do his own thing. And Eminem features a lot of artists like Rihanna. I think he had. Did he have Kanye in a couple songs, maybe? Or Dr. J in a few? Yeah. And... Yeah, because fucking, that's what, uh... And... Machine Gun Kelly's MGK. <laughs> his fucking... One of the disses he has in the song is fucking... Talking about Dre producing his shit. Mm-hmm. And... But, I mean, I think... I still think, like, at the end of that battle, like... Eminem's still one of the girl, one of the goats. Like yeah. you can't undeny that. Like, mm-hmm. I definitely think that. But in that rap battle, I still think MGK got yeah. Eminem. I think MGK. I was, think MG, MGK bodied the fuck out yeah. of Eminem. But like, you just can't look past Eminem's right. past. Yeah, MG or uh, Eminem has the experience and like the the record to yep. back. All the things he says, like MGK might have outdone him in term. In, in the that, rap. in the like, yeah, but like, like, what did I say? Like, you won the battle, but like, yeah, like Eminem Lost the war. clearly won the fucking war. Yeah, like, Eminem is just that guy. Mm-hmm. And like, Eminem's old as fuck. Like, yeah, it's twenty twenty. Like, it's been thirty years since the, or it's been twenty years since the fucking nineties. Right. Like, come on, like these guys ain't fucking like that no more. Like, everyone's mm-hmm. like. That's why, like, P. Diddy, so, like, so we can kind of, like, fucking, so, like, after, like, after fucking Biggie dies, then mm-hmm. you got, like, P. Diddy does, like, so P. Diddy was, P. Diddy was on some shit, like, yeah. does he was Albie, on that, does Albie like, Missing You, yeah, oh, yep. the, that was, like, one of the best, that was, like, oh, yeah. the number one song in the world for a minute, right. for a minute, like, that song blew up, oh, yeah, that shit, cause he had, what, like, Faith Evans, fucking, yeah, it was a cover. Like he uh, sampled uh, the Police, their yep. nineteen eighty three song, uh, "Every Breath You Take." Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. But yeah. So then, like, but like going back to like P Diddy, like P Diddy is like one of the few. Like, I I just feel like I don't know like much about P Diddy like that, but like what I do know, like he's doing shit the right way. Like, oh yeah. He's expanding his wealth. He's doing parties that Satan can't even like, tap. He's, like, he's fucking vibing. He's did fucking he did doing it. his shit. He's fucking... And he, like I said, he's expanding his wealth. He's not in a bullshit. Like, he's not in that shit anymore. Like, mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what, that's what like these old guys gotta do. Like, Eminem, like, he mm-hmm. dropped a surprise album. Like, But other than that, like... This man see, is orange! <laughs> you don't see much Eminem anymore. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like... P Diddy's still in the in the in the industry like that. Like you you see him around doing different shit, mm-hmm. and I think like he's still bucking the bag. You just gotta Hell get the yeah. bag. Right. He's still about chasing it. Definitely. And yeah, that really brings us to our current state of. Rap. Well, then you got like the two thousands, early two thousands. Yeah, two thousands. Like outcast is some good ass shit. Then you got the Don. You can talk about Drake. Crazy Don. <laughs> Fucking Kanye West. Kanye West. Kanye. Yeah, you can't talk about the 2000s without Kanye. Oh, man. The man ran the 2000s. Well, and like, ran what, it. that collaboration he did with... When was that collaboration he did with Jay-Z? Don't, uh, um, watch, watch the, the Throne. Throne. Yeah. Is that like late 2000s? Yeah, that was late 2000s. So, yeah. like, what do you have? I, I want to say it was 08 or 09. And that shit was fire. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Cause then well, you had like the college dropout, then you got. Oh okay. yeah, you had the creative peak of Jay Z and Kanye at that era. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But then even before that, like, 
you got the college dropout, oh, yeah. late registration, graduation, eight oh eights is heartbreak, fucking my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, oh, shit. fucking Jesus, life of Pablo, like all those fucking early albums, bangers, every mm-hmm. fucking all those you got Barry Bonds with fucking Lil oh, Wayne, my God, yeah. fucking banger, fucking absolute banger. It's fucking 808s and Heartbreak, classic fucking, you got Heartless, fucking amazing. I was, what the fuck was it, uh, what the fuck was, it's got like the bear on it, what's the album, Graduation? Graduation, yeah, Yeah. with Homecoming. I fucking love Homecoming, yeah, uh, Chris Martin from Coldplay on that shit, and then, uh, what the fuck is it, Everything I Am with, uh, Will I Am, yeah, yeah. It's a good ass fucking song. Good life with T Pain. Yep. Oh yeah. Another band. Did he do that song in Oshkosh? Fuck did he? I think he did. Did he? I don't fucking. I just remember him moonwalking and then doing. He was uh, dope as fuck. He was only out for like an hour, and then he's like, "I'm out." For real, he was wearing that Wisconsin. Bro, I wanted one of the Mm Wisconsin t-shirts or sweatshirts. Oh yeah. Them shits were nutty. I suppose we can't talk about modern rap without Drake. I, I see a lot. I like some of his songs. Like I'm not gonna hate on him fully, but like yeah, this man's too in his feels. Like that's like 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 so like my th- my thing with Drake is like old Drake, mm-hmm. old Drake and rap. Yeah, you can't get you can't deny that old Drake <laughs> and rap. But like my I I've listened to less Drake than I have in the past. Solely for the reason that you stated, like mm-hmm. I just I don't I, like I need some like banger shit. Like I don't want right. to be like all in my feels and like yeah. His albums are lately and are all like in his feels. Yep. And but like I mean, but the numbers don't lie. At the same time, like that's just my personal opinion. But mm-hmm. like the numbers don't lie. I mean, the, the man does more numbers than the fucking Beatles. Right. Like come on now. It's impressive. Like, this man's run is fucking legendary. Like, but it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not my personal preference, but people fucking like it. The shit sells, yeah. It's, exactly. It's, it might not be everyone's cup of tea, but yeah, that shit don't lie. It's selling, and clearly he struck a pulse, but, you know, a lot of what we see, not necessarily Drake's style, but... <laughs> The different style that's come to fruition is sort of like the mumble rap or like the the uh, the the less clear lyrics of the modern era. Like it's more so just about I don't even know, man. Like Lil Pump, like what the fuck? So J Cole, nineteen eighty five. Yeah, dude. Explains it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Perfectly. Perfectly. Please, 1985, Jake, mm-hmm. listen to that shit. That shit is gold. Like, all you motherfuckers out there that listen to Lil Pump, fucking Lil Xan, Lil Peep, all this fucking <laughs> drug popping, fucking yeah. sad ass. Like, that ain't fucking. These anything. posers! For real, like, I, I get it. Like, mental health is a problem, but, like, you motherfuckers were thinking like popping Zans and shit and fucking doing all these fucking pills and shit. Like you think that's just cool? That ain't fucking it. And I like so I I understand where people get the the argue like the argument that they don't like rap because like it, mm-hmm. it talks about like it talks about like drug use and shit like that. It talks about things that are uncomfortable. And like, but but that's like, the purpose of this. <laughs> exactly. To get you comfortable with uncomfortable things. Yep. Yep. But at the same time, it's like, would would you have like would this would this topic have a voice without like, in mm-hmm. in like, like you you can argue the same like you can argue that same argument with the like you just don't dive into the music well enough yeah. like to the to the the topic. Or the mm-hmm. genre of music itself well enough to understand, like, there's more than... Right. Like, that's not all rap is. Like, yep. there's more more stuff with a message that has something to say and says it better than fucking Lil Pump does. Right. Yeah, and I, I, I watched something. I think he was on Howard Stern or some other radio talk show host, but 
he did some freestyle, and I just wanted to just blow my brains out after watching it, because he was just literally just... He seemed drugged out, and he was just, like, mumbling some random shit. He yeah. he literally mumbled the same sentence, sentence for five fucking lines. Yeah. And I was just... I was embarrassed for the guy. I'm like, for okay, that's where we're at. Not necessarily all of what... Oh, so, God, no. There's so much... There's so much good stuff out there right yeah. now. It's just... It you just, just gotta find it. And that's, right. That's... that's that's a bad. That's a bad thing about rap that I've. That's one bad quality of rap that I've discovered lately is that like, to find quality music, you kind of have to dig a little bit, mm-hmm. and for some people like that's just too much. But mm-hmm. like, that's my like favorite genre of music. So like I'm willing to like dig that little extra to look around and see what's out there. Definitely. But, like to the average person like who doesn't listen to rap like that, they're not gonna take the time mm-hmm. to to dig around because you're not gonna you're gonna listen to people you've never heard of before. But mm-hmm. I mean at the same time like that's what you have to do to fucking expand your horizons and right. do a little culture in your life. Exactly. Yeah. And a rap is is a incredibly prevalent genre, and it's con- con- going to continue to be, and with the continuation of you know what we see going on in society, it it will always be a, a part of us, and I guess to kind of wrap up the topic, you can just sort of touch on the basis of a sort of favorite. My particular forte and uh, heavy dose among my playlists is a lot of G-Funk. Sort of dealing with Snoop Dogg, Warren G, Nate Dogg, 213, what we see on the West Coast a lot. Then that sort of early 90s, regulate especially era with Warren G is my particularly favorite era. G-Funk is really the particular type of rap that incorporates a lot of soul singing as well as uh, carefully timed and precisely placed lyrics, <clears throat> lyrics, and it adds to the the particular portion of the soul of the song. And the beats have a heavy synthesizer tone to them that is very uh, retro, respective of a lot of funk icons. You know, Boots Collins, George Clinton. You know, they sample a lot of these funk icons, and they create the G Funk era that really. Uh, takes off with, you know, NWA, and then, you know, you got Ice Cube, and then Dr. Dre, they really, uh, oh yeah, they really incorporate that G-Funk, and you know the song, uh, uh, you you know how we do it by Ice Cube, you know, it's one of the the staples of the G-Funk, and then particularly the regulate, uh, you know, the regulate era of Warren G., that out, you know, album came out in nineteen ninety four. Couple songs around the movie uh, Above the Rim. Forget that. Great movie. I forget who was in that Pops movie. In that. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That uh, you got that movie and. Cause well yeah he's a fucking damn cause he was in what he was in a lot of movies. Yeah like, he was in Juice. Oh, and... Yeah Juice, great movie, mm-hmm. great movie. That movie. Oh yeah. Some shit. Some shit. Mm-hmm. Cause what fucking? Cause what? Above the rooms where the kid like goes wants to go to Georgetown or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, and like, is it his cousin or his brothers? I don't know. Who or is it his friend? Maybe. Yeah, I think that uh, Pox is his friend. That's mm-hmm. like the fucking gangster, right? Of the fucking movie, and Pac always like in all his movies, all he plays the same. Like, yep. <laughs> Except in what poetic justice? I guess in this poetic mm-hmm. justice, he kind of plays that same. Yeah. Because who's in all in that? Because there's what Janet Jackson's in that, right? Probably. Because I think, yeah, yeah, something like that. But yeah, he plays that same gangster. But, like, that was the thing, like, that was... I feel like that's why people are so captivated, and... That's why, like, Tupac has this legacy today, is because he was so real, mm-hmm. and he was so raw, he didn't yeah, give a fuck. exactly. He didn't give a fuck. Definitely. And people, like... Especially, like, people today, like... All the people today don't give a fuck, like... Some people, like, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. People are used to that, but, like... 30 years ago, like, our society, our standards, way different. Oh, yeah. Way different. And for him, like, I feel like him now would be totally fine in our society. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Back then, he was fucking... 
groundbreaking and yep. fucking head turning and and something that we haven't seen before. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. Yeah, fucking it. And you talked about shit that, like, real shit. Like, keep your head up, fucking... Talking about fucking fatherless children and... Babies growing up without fucking men around. Can't hang. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jack and Quinn are passed out, and they're currently fucking uh, <clears throat> dumbasses who can't... Who can't hang. I think yeah. Fucked him up. Yeah. Hey Jack, nice fucking man bun. Coming your eyes, bro. Yeah. <laughs> fucking try it. And then Quinn is fogging up his glasses currently. He's in the cum zone. <laughs> he just gave me a look like, what the fuck? You just pissed in my Cheerios. <laughs> but yeah. That was a pretty interesting discussion on rap. It's a it's it's a rich history behind it and like it's interesting to see the how far it's come and what it's come to today and like obviously we'll always have the classics to look up, to look upon and there are still current artists that sort of uh, maintain that yep. respect like like Polo G mm-hmm. he, uh, on his last album the Go album check it out I highly recommend it but uh, the, I think it's I think it is the last song on his album it's called Wishing for a Hero but it's uh. It's to the same beat of uh, Changes by Tupac. Oh, yeah, I've heard that song. So good. That's a good one. It's fucking tripped over Jack. Also, fucking YBN Corday, but he's no longer part of the YBN gang, so it's just Corday. Check out his album, his last album. I can't remember the name of it right now, but he's an also another great rapper. Another great rapper, young rapper. Excellent. Talks about real shit. So the interesting thing about Corday is, mm-hmm. so I, ta- I talked about 1985 by J. Cole earlier. Mm-hmm. So YBN Corday on his last album comes back with a song called Old Niggas. Yeah. I don't know if Spotify will be any for saying that shit. Fuck it. Whatever. But uh, yeah, it's called Old Niggas. And uh, it's it's like a par- it's like a parody, mm-hmm. like it's to the same beat, and he just battles back at fucking J Cole. Damn, uh, I highly yeah, I highly recommend listening to that song too. He talks like he's a young like it's it's coming from like a young mm-hmm. a young rapper's perspective, and he talks about a lot of shit. He talks about a lot of shit like it's uh, just listen to it. You'll mm-hmm. you'll know what I'm talking yeah. about if you listen to it. I gotcha. Fuck yeah. Well, I think it's time to wrap things up because I'm, I'm pretty fucked. And then, uh, As yeah, I can barely keep my fucking eyes open. And clearly, these fuckers can't hang. Pussies. 221. Fuck out of here. <laughs> it's early, motherfucker. Yeah, no kidding. Well, this has been the Scum Zone, a.k.a. the Lizard Talk, and... Yeah, that was kind of, we talked about James Bond, talked about hip-hop, talked about whatever the fuck came into our head. Pretty sure there's a tangent on religion, too. Awesome. Then, yeah. Lizard, lizard talk after dark, baby. I have no idea what I'm going to talk about in the next podcast, but I can sure you I'm going to be fucked up for it, so fucking deal with it. But yeah, that was Lizard Talk. I think that was episode number four. Continue to listen or go fuck yourself. But yeah, there's a talk out. Stay weird. Yeah!